Welcome to the Purpose City Church Podcast, where we're dedicated to guiding you on a journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're thrilled to have you here, and regardless of where you're tuning in from, we have faith that this message will be a direct source of inspiration in your life. I am honored to have the opportunity to stand up before you today and bring the Word of God. This is God's appointed time, and I just want to first give honor to God for the opportunity, and I just want to thank God for our pastors. Can y'all give it up for our pastors, Pastor Talent and Ty McNeely? We're so grateful, so grateful for your leadership, for your obedience, for your strength and your courage to continue to say yes. How many know it takes them to continue to say yes? Oh, y'all not hearing me. It takes something to continue. The first yes can be a little scary. But the second yes is like, oh, okay, maybe. That third and fourth yes is like, God, I don't know. But I'm going to keep saying yes. So I thank you for continuing to say yes. Give it up for our pastors. You can be seated in the presence of God. I'm just going to pray. Lord, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for why you are. I thank you that you are. And I avail myself this morning to be used by you. God, I pray that you, that all my words and my meditations of my heart will be pleasing in your sight. I pray that those that are sitting in your presence this morning, that they would have ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to receive your word, Lord, that would continue to move them forward in their journeys of being transformed to be used here on earth. And I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Wow. So we've been talking about Down with the King. Have y'all been enjoying the series Down with the King? Oh, y'all can do better than that if the word's been good three weeks in a row. So we're going to finish up this last Sunday of 2023 and the last Sunday of this series, continuing with Down with the King. And before I jump in, I just want to give you like a backdrop, right? I want to put something on the back wall for you to consider before I go into the Word. And there's this story that I love to share I just say I love it. I've done it a couple times, but I feel like it's apropos to share it today before I preach. And so it's the story. I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget some key things. So during World War II, a U.S. Marine was separated from his unit on a Pacific island. The fighting had become so intense that with the smoke and the crossfire, he had lost touch with all of his comrades. So now he's alone in the jungle and he could hear the enemy soldiers coming in his directions. So he started scrambling for cover. He found his way up to a high ridge where there were several caves inside of a rock. Quickly, he crawled inside one of the rocks to hide and find refuge. Although he felt safe for a moment, 
he realized that once the enemy soldiers started looking and sweeping the ridge, they would quickly begin to search all of the caves and they would find him and he knew soon he would be killed. Can you imagine the heart ramping like, oh man, this is the end. So he got down and he waited and he began to pray, Lord, if it is your will, please protect me. But whatever you do, whether you choose to or not, I love you and I trust you. I'm not certain I could say that in that moment. I'd be like, no, save me. <laughs> but he said, whether you do or not, I trust you and I love you. So after praying, he laid there quietly and his heart's panting. He's listening to the enemies draw closer and closer. And while that's happening, all of a sudden he sees a spider. And the spider starts weaving a web in front of him. Now, what you don't know is that he had a fear of, a fear of spiders. So he's thinking, right now, spider, right now? Because if I jump, if I respond, if I make noise, they're going to know where I am. So he had to restrain himself and let the spider do what the spider was created to do. So he's sitting there waiting. He's hearing them getting closer. And while he's there, the spider's just weaving the web in front of the cave just weaving a web and he's holding his peace. Don't respond, spider. And he thinks to himself, God, this is pretty funny because while this spider is weaving a web on the front of this cave, that ain't going to help me. I need a brick wall in front of this cave so they can't see me and they can't get to me. But there was nothing he could do but wait and count down for the warriors to find him. So he hears them gets close. He hears them calling. He hears them looking. And he sees their feet through the web, and he knows they're right in front of him. He's like, I should just surrender. I should just come out and expose myself. But he didn't move. He sat still, and he heard them say, guess he's not there. And they walked on. And he thought, how? And they said out loud, there's no way he can be in there, because had he been in there, the spider web would have been torn down. So nobody's been in here in years. So the Lord had protected him with something he was afraid of. I need you to hear me today. You never know what God is going to use to put you in a hiding place. And what matters is that God created a moment where he was in fear and crying out. He used the least likely thing to cover him in the least likely way. So I want to ask you this morning, what position has God put you in that fear could make you blow? What position has God put you in that he sent something to help you that's least likely that you almost want to say, I just want to surrender, devil. Just have your way. Because there's no way this is going to protect me, but it's the very thing. God used a spider to protect him from enemies. And I want you to open your mind today and know that God is using the least likely to protect you to, so that you can remain able and ready to do the work of the Lord. Give God a praise for, what his, for his awesomeness, for his intentionality. So we're going to talk today, Down with the King. My subtitle is... You're going to crack up at this because I thought it was quite funny. It's called Understanding Your Conjunction Function. Hey, Schoolhouse Rock fans are in the room. How many people remember Schoolhouse Rock? Conjunction, junction. 
Yeah. So I'm using that. We ain't going to get into the song, but I want to talk about your conjunction function. Because if you're going to be down with the king, you have to understand the vitality and the essentiality of a conjunction and its function. So often we go through life just going, mirandering, just, oh, we're, we're just kind of loosey-goosey, going with the ebb and flows. But I want to remind you and draw your attention to, as believers, we're just not casually living. There's no coincidences. There's just no casualties that happen to happen. Everything that's moving and happening that involves you as a believer has God's plan wrapped all in it. And it's so easy to forget that. When things get tough and when they get hard, it's so easy to feel like, man, is this a part of God's plan? Is this separate? And you know what we often do as believers? We say, this must be the enemy. The devil is at work because God surely wouldn't allow this. But would he? Is he? Can he? And is it with purpose? So I want to bring your attention to that. So I'm going to kind of paint this picture. And I love for people to kind of journey with me as I tell the story and share the message. So I want to kind of give us some basic. Let's understand what conjunction is. Because this is essential. Because we miss this moment so much in life. And so I want to help you paint a picture of conjunctions that may be happening in your life. So what is a conjunction? So we know, based on Schoolhouse Rock, that a conjunction is a word used to connect clauses and sentences, right? So we're not talking about that kind of conjunction this morning. But there's another definition of conjunction that I want to share. Conjunction is the action or instance of two or more events or things occurring at the same point of time in the same space. Can you imagine God being intentional about bringing you together with a thing or an event, causing two things to come together on purpose? It's co-occurrences, or one may say coexistence. And in that word conjunction, there's a key word or a core word called junction. Y'all see junction? Junction is very similar to conjunction. It's where a fact or a fact of joining or being joined together, intentionally being brought together for a merger. So when God creates a junction, he's intentionally bringing two things together to create a new purpose. Because individually they had purposes, but when you merge, when you have a junction, it automatically creates something new. I don't know if y'all with me. You with me? And so I'm a synonym person. I love to write and I love to talk about synonyms. So here's a word I want you to remember. A synonym of junction is confluence. Say confluence. I want y'all to sound smart because y'all going to repeat this to somebody afterwards. Say confluence. Confluence means to bring, same thing, to bring two things together. It's mostly used around rivers to bring two separate streams together to create a larger stream. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. So there's intentionality. What the streams could not do individually, they can now do because of the junction or the confluence now that creates a larger stream. So I want you to say every conjunction in your life 
was intended to elevate you to now serve a larger function. There's no situation in your life that does not have intention to elevate you to do something bigger. God is an intentional God. He's a purposeful God. He's a mindful God. But what happens is we get so stuck on the individuality. We get so stuck on our individual assignments. And even more unfortunate, we get stuck on the circumstances. We get stuck on the adversity. We get stuck in the problems. And then that causes us to lose sight on the conjunction's purpose and its function. Are you with me? So let's go to function. I love my little image for function because we understand that function, synonym of function is purpose or outcome or results. So every time God collides a junction, he's looking for his outcome. He's looking for his results, not what you want to happen. I know, so disappointing. Because we have plans, and when something happens in my life and I collide with adversity or trouble, and now I'm stuck to make a decision, I go, God, I would like this to happen. God, do this. And he said, baby, I already have a function for this conjunction. I don't know if you're with me yet. Every intentional moment, God's already decided, decided the function of why you've just collided with that moment. And if you think about it, what good would it do to create, wait, who steals iron? Who steal irons? Anybody steal iron? Woo, because I got some people in my family, they do not believe in ironing. They're like, iron? Take it out the dryer, give it a shake, and put it on. I mean, so, see, somebody shaking, you know exactly. Well, I still like the iron, right? What? Would it, what would be the purpose of creating an iron that needed to be plugged up to function if you didn't have an outlet? How could the purpose for which it was created be used if you didn't have the conjunction to cause it to function? How many of us use microwaves all the time? Not your microwave prayers, because I know you do them. Hurry up, God. Show up, God. Move, God. Come on through, God. But you have to understand when something's created on purpose, it can't function alone. You think about my image. I thought about that because we're little, we're little lights. But if you're not plugged into a source, your light shall not shine. Say, shall not. Your light shall not shine if you're not plugged into a source. And I wanna kinda give you something to consider. Has circumstances and life's trauma caused you to walk around unplugged? It's just something to consider. I don't know if you have light or not. I mean, it looks a little dim out there, but no, I'm just kidding. But you can't function in your totality Without being plugged into something, you need a conjunction. You need something to go through that causes elevation, that causes function to produce itself. So I want to say this, God's going to always give you something 
to be dependent on, another factor has to be involved. And sometimes the enemy likes to convince us when we're going through, it's just me and my situation. I'm just going to slide out in the cut and I'm just going to let God get me through. I don't need nobody. And you think you're going to get through that situation, but I want you to know that whatever the situation is and you, he's going to have to bring that together. He's doing that and he uses people. There's other factors involved. So I'm going to kind of use a scripture today and we're going to kind of cross walk through this chapter. I did say chapter, not a verse. We are in church. So scripture is all right. Amen. Oh, I don't hear my scripture readers. My Bible people, you like the word? We're going to do a little reading today. We're going to crosswalk through this chapter. I'm going to stay mindful of my time. And we're going to keep on getting through what God said. So we're going to kind of teach from 1 Kings 17. My first point that I want to bring out, because I have four of them, I'm going to try to get to today. My first point that if you're going to understand your conjunction function, in order to be down with the king, you have to learn to become dependent on God. You cannot be down with the king if you ain't down with the king. Have you ever had people to be like, I'm with you. I'm down with you. But when something happened, they, what? what? I don't want to admit that I had a couple fights back in my day because I know y'all wouldn't think that I would fight. <laughs> Not me. But if you push me hard enough, you're going to see a stance of something you've never seen before because the, the occasion would draw something out of you. But I would expect, I got four other sisters, and if any one of us get into a situation, you better believe we all lining up because we down with each other. That's how we roll. My parents had five girls a starting lineup, and we may have our own situations, but you can't be a part of the situation, right? I mean, we may have our thing, but when it comes down to somebody else, we roll together. We're a team because we're down with each other. And when you're down with each other, when you come against something, whatever they say, you with it. <laughs> whatever move they make, you with it. You move, I move. That's how it goes when you're down with the king. So you have to learn to depend on God in all totality in order to operate in a space of trust. Right? So we're going to jump into Elijah's situation in 1 Kings, we find Elijah showing up. <laughs> king Ahab, and that's not the king we down. You better know what king you're down with. I mean, <laughs> know what king you're down with. So Elijah shows up. King Ahab, he's already done stirred up trouble. He done built a temple. He done built an um, a, a, a altar for Baal to promote idolatry and move the nation towards sin. It wasn't in a healthy place. So God sends prophet Elijah with the word to rescue them from their moral and spiritual decline. Does this sound like our nations? No? Y'all don't think we sent to do the same thing? Yeah, I want you to go with me a little bit. So we show up there. Let's read where we find them. Verse 1 through 4 is our first segment. And then this happened. Elijah the Tishbite from among the settlers of Gilead confronted Ahab as surely as God lives, the God of Israel before whom I stand in obedient service. 
for the next years, you are going to see a total drought, not a drop of dew or rain, unless I say so otherwise. So he don't showed up with the whole king and country that's going in the opposite way, like, we're going to show you who God is. There's no going to be no more rain. A drought's coming. A drought's coming. So after he proclaims that, God says to Elijah, you need to get out of here and get out of here fast. <laughs> you need to make a run. I want you to head east. Listen to the specifications. Because I want you to realize in your own life, you're not just making up direction. God is giving divine direction. He says, get out of here fast. I want you to head east, hide at the Karif Ravine on the other side of the Jordan. And when you get there, you can drink fresh water from the brook because it's going to be a drought. And listen to this. I've already ordered the ravens to feed you. Is that powerful? It makes me think about the, how God used a spider to protect a soldier. And in this situation, he's using a raven to feed Elijah. And I just want to highlight, when I'm talking about dependency on God, when he said, I want you to go hide at the karif. That word karif in the Hebrews means cutting. He sent him for a season in the middle of a drought to go through a process of cutting, of being separated, of adding things and shaping him in a posture to be able to move in obedience to the continued divine direction. So after you say yes to God, it's not over. Now you have to continue your process of getting ready for what he's getting ready to do next. So he's sitting at the Kareem processing his ability to receive what God is doing. So you think the raven, and I don't know if you know this, but I want to share these quick facts. The raven is the, the closest animal to human behavior. Did you know that? I had no clue. The closest animal to human behavior, they're considered to be really smart. They're the most intelligent bird on earth. So God created this bird to be able to partner with him for an occasion as this. The ravens are often seen as a symbol of transformation and change, cutting. He sent them to a season of cutting and sent a raven as a signature that I'm going to transform this space. I'm going to transform you. It's also considered to represent prophecy and insight. So God uses this raven to feed him. The next point I want to really highlight is when you're trying to understand the conjunction function, you must recognize divine providence. And you say, why are you highlighting this? Because so many times when you miss how God is showing up, you miss hearing him and you miss taking the next step. And you wonder how some, sometimes we get stuck in cycles. Anybody ever been in a cycle? I, I can, let me see. No? Okay. Oh, oh, there we are. Been stuck in a cycle. Because when you miss seeing God show up, that confirms he's with you, then you don't move. Then you feel afraid. You feel unsure. You're uncertain. So it's important that if you're going to understand the conjunction of your function, that you understand and recognize God's divine providence. So I want to read this scripture. This is verses 5 through 7. Elijah obeyed God's orders. He went and he camped in the Kareth. 
on the other side of the Jordan. And sure enough, the ravens brought him his meals, both breakfast and supper for days. <laughs> and he drank from the brook. But eventually the brook dried up because of the drought. So you know he had to be there for some time. And the reason I say this is divine providence, because how else could a God cause animals to come and feed you and bring you food night and day? You know what divine providence is? It's the intervention and governance of God to, through wisdom and love, he's able to care and provide for you. His divine providence means he has all things in his hands. All things are working together. He could use anything in the universe to cause his plan to come into fruition because he's in control. So you see this moment that, man, and you know what this signifies. I want to help you find this in your life because if you can recognize how he's showing up, then you can do whatever else he's getting ready to ask you to do because you know he's with you and he hasn't forsaken you. So he's caring for all things. Point number three, you have to prepare for your faith to get tested. I used to be one of these kind of believers that when things broke out in my life, I would say, God, where are you? Why is this happening? What's going on? And I would say, I can't hear you speak to me. Tell me what to do. And then I learned eventually, just like in school, once the teacher has taught you the lesson, when it's time for the test, the teacher's no longer talking. There's no teacher still trying to instruct you and teach you while you're testing. Now it's time for you to lean on the recall of what's already been shared. So I would learn, oh, you're testing my faith right now. You're not talking. You're hoping that I've already learned to depend on you, to trust you, and now I can go ahead and allow my faith to be tested. I say that because sometimes when life stirs up its, its rampage, we start to panic and we're waiting for God to say something when this is testing what he's already said. Don't look for a new thing. And I want to say this and I want you to get it because I want our believers to get to a place where we stop panicking when things jump off and we start progressing when things jump off because we understand that this is just a test of faith. Listen to me, it's supposed to happen. God is not surprised, it's a part of his plan. So when you start to think like that, you're no longer looking at turmoil and trauma as, oh my God, the devil. You're looking at it like, oh my God. He's going to test my faith. He's ready to show up. He want to be God in my life. He wants me to see how he can show me different parts of him. He's testing your faith because every conjunction requires you to elevate. Some say it like this. A faith that has not been tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. I just want you to understand it for a minute. Because that also applies to our earthly relationships. See, we freak out when our earthly relationships, oh, you lied, you did that, you did. And we go, oh. But if it hasn't been tested, how do you know you can trust it? See, believers, we got to anchor ourselves in this thing. We can't get tossed to and fro with every wind. We got to be able to sit in this and go, I understand the process. 
I'm being developed. This is intentional. And so the scripture that goes with testing your face is this. Let's walk this down a little bit. We're in verse 8 now. It says, then God spoke to Elijah because it's a drought. He said, now get up. Pause right there. I need you to see he didn't leave him in the drought with nothing. He had new directions. He said, now get up from here. And now I want you to go to Zarephath in Sidon. And I want you to live there for a while. We're going to wait this thing out. Listen to this again. I've already instructed a woman who lives there, a widow, to feed you. Now, we're in a drought, and I'm not being funny. This is all honesty. I would be thinking, a widow? I mean, was she rich before? she? I mean, how's she going to feed me? Did she have something laid up? What kind of supplies does she have? What's going to happen? He didn't think. We don't know what he thought. He could have. But what he did is he was obedient. Whew. And I say that to say it doesn't matter your process and what you think. It matters that you obey. So he gets up and he heads over to Zarephath. Zarephath was about 70 miles away from where he was. So he walked in the average three miles an hour. He probably got there maybe in 24 hours. So he's walking, he's panting. They was used to that type of journeying back in the day. Now me, I don't know if I would have I made it, but he walked over there to get to Zarephath. So he gets to Zarephath. He sees a woman out, a widow gathering firewood. He asked her, please, would you bring me a little water in a jug? I need a drink. It's been a long walk. So she goes to get the water, and he said, hey, hey, while you're there, can you bring me a little biscuit or something? I'm hungry. I need something to eat. And she turns and she says, I swear, as surely as God lives, I don't have much to even make a biscuit. I have a handful of flour and a little bottle of oil. When you found me, I was already scratching together enough firewood to make a last meal for me and my son. And we were planning to eat that and die because we had nothing else. I need you to find yourself in a situation where God sent you to a situation where provision was supposed to be there. When you got there, it didn't look like what you thought it was going to look like. I need you to find that in your life because this is the turning point of understanding the function of a conjunction. So his need based on obedience had just now had a junction with the need of the widow. Because she's saying, I don't have what you need. And he's saying, I need what you say you don't have. We got a junction. We just had a confluence. So he brought two things together to create something bigger and better. But what happens most times, I need you to hear me, is we go, what? God, how did you send me here? And she don't got that. The devil take your hands off this. And you start going into a rampage. Because now you're getting a little doubt because you don't forget the dependency of the last season and what he taught you and how you're supposed to use it right here. And this is when you need to understand, I'm down with the king. And there's a reason, there's a purpose for this conjunction. And so he understands that. So Elijah looks at her 
and said, don't worry. Don't worry about a thing. And for Pastor Talent in the NLT, it says, don't be afraid. And for Pastor Ty in the King James, it says, fear not. <laughs> fear not, my daughter. <laughs> fear not. But either version, what he's saying is, be down with me. Right? Be down with me. Don't fear. Go ahead and do what you said. Go make that small biscuit. But first, bring it back and feed me. Can you imagine what she's thinking about this conjunction? <laughs> she's thinking, what? I just told you I have nothing. We're going to eat this little bit and die. And now you want me to take that and feed, so you want me to die without eating. You want me to die hungry. Can you imagine dying hungry? I'm too greedy for that. I need to eat. I feel her. But she does this. She says, she looks at him. She goes, okay. He said, then after you bring it to me, then go and use what's left over and then feed you and your son. And this is what I love about conjunctions. And I'm saying this because your next conjunction, you finna treat that thing so different. That next collision, you're going to look at that thing and go, oh, no, I'm down with the king. I don't got to panic. I know the purpose for this conjunction, and I'm going to align with the power of God. See, from this day forward, I declare, never will a conjunction take your life under again. You're going to operate in the function of God, and you're going to overcome, and you're going to align with the will of God, and his purpose shall come to pass in your life. Because what we don't understand, friends, is you have a role in the whole thing. He has a plan, but you have to align. He has a plan, but you have to fulfill your role. So this conjunction comes together, and she looks at him, and then he gives her a word from the Lord. He said, this is the word of God from Israel. Basically, if you do what I just said, the jar of flour will never run out, and the bottle of oil will never be empty before this famine ends and God ends this drought. He's saying you're going to always have more than enough until the season change. And I want to declare to you that if you do what thus saith the Lord, you're going to always have more than enough until the season changes. I need you to understand what Zarephath meant and why this is all happening and why Elijah's faith was tested. Zarephath means, he told him to go sit in that. It means in the Hebrew, the refinery. It means to go through a refining process. It means to be tested. He sent him to Zarephath knowing, I've commanded the widow to feed you, but in, for, in order for her to do that, you have to call her up into the word. See, what happens if you run into an empty word, if God said it, you have to call it up to fulfill it. You have to command that thing to come up. See, we're not operating in our full power. Many of us would have looked at her and just been okay. Well, she ain't got it. Maybe I'm supposed to go somewhere else. Maybe this ain't where God really meant. Maybe he meant for something else. No, he's testing your faith, and now you have to call that thing into existence. Why? Because he already spoke it. How many things has God already spoken to you, and because it don't look like what you thought, you let it fall and die? Because you didn't have enough faith to call that thing into existence. And Elijah did that. He said, don't be afraid. Just go because one thing I do know is God said, you need to supply food to me. I can't back down off that. 
So go make your last and feed me first. And we're going to leave the rest up to God because he said, you will have more than enough if you obey. Do you see why the enemy fights your obedience? Because on the other side of that is the function. It's the outcome. It's the result. Have you ever looked at life and said, where is the result? (laughs) Oh, can I get one honest person in the house? two, three people in the house where you're looking for that outcome, that result, and you're trying to figure out, man, what was the purpose of this? But you have to remember we're partners with God. And if you don't use your mouth and your confession to speak out what he gave you and to call that thing to existence, you're going to miss your moment because it's not accidental. So the story goes on. She does exactly what she said. Verse 15. She went right off. She did exactly as Elijah said. And it turned out that what he said actually happened. She's amazed. Daily food for her and her family was provided. The jar of meal never ran out. The oil never became empty. God fulfilled his purpose just like God said. So we're getting ready to end this year and go into a new year. And God is getting you ready because he's getting ready to open some doors. Because it's the year of the open door. But if you're not ready to understand the conjunction function, you're going to miss your opportunity to call things into place that opens the door. And let me highlight, because some of us think open doors are just, wow. But Elijah and the widow was experiencing an open door moment. An open door for God to show up with his power and his might. But if you don't do your part, the door can't open. Here's a visual for you. When you want to walk into Walmart, everything you need is on the other side. But if you don't do your part and move, the doors won't automatically open. Can you imagine standing on the outside of the door going, I sure need this and I sure wish I can get that because I know it's over there, but the doors won't open. You have a responsibility to activate. You got to Activate the door and cause it to open. You have an activating power that we haven't used as well as we could. And so I want to call you into that. If you listen to this scripture, it's very clear that in order to understand your conjunction function, you're going to have to be a little odd. You're going to have to move in a different kind of direction. You're going to have to be a peculiar person. You're not going to be able to go with the flow. You're going to have to be in this world but not of it. You can't roll like they roll. Being down with the king suggests that you have to be down with the way he thinks, the way he moves, the way he responds, the way he functions. God is calling you out and up. And odd means being obedient to divine direction. Anybody ready to be a little odd going into 2024? Anybody ready to be obedient to divine direction? Anybody ready to understand the the function of your conjunction? You have to be aligned with his will. I want to say to you right now, the things that are happening are not an accident. They're on purpose. They're a part of the plan. You can't react. The last thing... And I have to kind of talk through this because the time is going. In 17 and 24, it goes on. You can put it up and I'm going to summarize. So now he don't spend time. The widow understands that Elijah is a man of God because he spoke the word and it came to pass. 
So she's excited. She's serving him. He's living in the house. And then all of a sudden, her son becomes sick. Oh, I want to talk about how the enemy would try to throw you off. The son becomes sick. And all of a sudden, she has this reaction to Elijah, who she just was a part of a conjunction function where God calls the miracle. And she said, why have you come to expose my sins and kill my son? Why, why did you even come here? What are you? So now she's attacking the very thing that just blessed her. Because remind you, she's alive because of Elijah's obedience and the conjunction. Her and her son's been eating for days and years because of Elijah. But when things change, I want y'all to hear me. And I'm going to give us a quick parallel. Because we are in a confluence. We don't have two churches come together in a merger. So we're in the middle of a confluence. We're sitting in the middle of a conjunction point, simultaneously coexisting. But if you don't understand the function of the conjunction, you're going to abort what God is called to do. Oh, I just need you to hear me. Because when you understand the circumstances, don't throw you off. You have to know I got a function. There's a purpose for this and I need to align. And this is what happened. While things were originally going good, she was good. Oh, God showed up. It's good. It feels good. Hallelujah. We're going to be an example. But when things get a little shaky, I don't know what you came here for. I don't know what this is. This, don't get mad at me. This is the Bible. This is the word. This was her doubting. And she said, you came to kill my son? You merged and barged into my life to take my son's life? She's losing it, like many of us, because it got turmoil. And you know what God was doing? Causing another conjunction, because he had another level of function. I need y'all to get this. So now Elijah goes, what? Because he's thinking, God, we didn't talk about this. Now, every other thing, God gave him divine direction. Go here. I've already ordered. Go here. I've already ordered. Now he's sitting here like, uh, you didn't tell me this was about to happen. Why is this? And he goes, he said, give me your son. He lays him on the bed and said, God, what are you doing? Why have you killed her son? I mean, this is not what we agreed on. Have you ever been in a season when you're going, God, this ain't what we talked about. This don't look like what we thought was going to happen. It don't even look like how it started. What is this? I need you to hear me because we're in the middle of a confluence and I need you to know how to understand your function. And Elijah now, differently than before, God was sending divine direction. The next point that I need you to get is after you've depended on God, you've acknowledged divine providence, your faith has been tested, now you have to activate that faith in order to experience God's mighty power. So now he got to go to God instead of God coming to him. Ooh, I need y'all to hear me. Some of y'all still waiting on God to show up. He already sent you there. Now he's waiting on you to come to him. And so he lays across this boy three times and he consults God. God, please put breath back in his life. God, please show up. And the last time he said, God, and it says in scripture, with all of his might, he asked God to revive this. Last week, Pastor Talis said the governance was upon Jesus' shoulders, and we have to call him mighty God. 
He laid on and said, mighty God, I need you to show up and bring life. See, he called that thing into fruition and caused that thing to elevate and raise up. And don't you know God showed up? And he raised and breath came back at him and Elijah carried him back to the widow and said, here you are, he's alive. Can you imagine his heart racing and going, I have never raised anybody from the dead before. I've never had a function in a conjunction that yielded this. God is ready to do something you've never experienced before. He wants to do something you've never seen before. But if you don't do your part, if you don't do your part, if you don't understand the purpose for the merger, we don't have time to be saying, what you bring us here for? Why are you doing this? You have to get before God and call him mighty God. I'm the wonderful counselor. You got to call on the prince of peace. You got to call that thing up into its fruition and cause it to manifest. You have to understand the function of the junction. Oh, stand on your feet with me if you will. See, time out for going through life and just thinking things are haphazardly happening. Don't get upset when it looks like the enemy's coming at you because now we're going to say, oh, the enemy ain't coming because he don't have no authority. I'm just being tested. He just wants me to stand up and call the function forth, call the purpose forth, be a part of the outcome manifesting. How many of you are down with the king? How many of you want to stand in his word? How many of you want to be on his side and make things come into fruition? See, Elijah was sent on an assignment. And I need everyone to hear me under the sound of my voice. We are all on assignment. We don't have time to casually engage and interact and entertain with our emotions and our feelings. We don't have time to panic. We don't have time to look at the circumstances and call it what it's not. But we need to look at the circumstances and call it what he called it. We got to call it powerful and mighty. We got to call it good. And I guarantee if you change your perspective and understand your function, you're going to have more than enough. 2024 will cause doors to open like you've never seen. 2024 is going to bring you things and opportunities that you couldn't dream of. But God spent all of 2023 nurturing everything he's put in you. He's been stirring you up. He's been planning. He's been stirring. And we've been panicking like, why is he doing all this? He's been getting you ready to activate. I want to say to you, that last thing that happened and you thought it was going to take you out. It didn't look like what you thought God's results or assignment should look like. And some of you walked away. You called it the devil. You gave up. You called it something different. But one thing I know about God, he has overcoming power. He has the last word. So I'm going to help you activate some authority. And I want you to trump that word that you sent out that wasn't aligned. And I want you to speak out God's word. And I want you to call that thing into manifestation and call it up. Because it's still meant for you. It's time to get in confluence. Let's get in the larger body of water. 
Let's fulfill the larger purpose that we've been sent here to do. Let's not get caught up in the dramatics of things. Understand the purpose. Thank you for being part of today's episode. To stay connected, please visit us at PurposeCityChurch.com. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your loved ones. Your support means the world to us. As you go about your day, remember to make a meaningful difference in the world. Thanks for listening.